Hey gang, welcome to episode 21 of the No Persinium Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Nelson. This is your podcast about immersive and interactive theater and its ilk, and it is pretty early on a Saturday morning for me. Um, I've been at a uh, journalism conference for most of the week, and so instead of the usual uh, news and notes, we're going to just have a really quick intro, and then... um, our guy in New York, our curator for New York, my good friend Zay Amsbury, is going to take over to talk with the founder of Barbecue Films. You'll get all of that in a moment. Um, this is the news and notes for this time. Uh, a little bit of a plea. It is spooky season, and it's while it's really easy to find the big haunts and experiences at this time, uh, the stuff that has a big advertising budget, you know, one of the main things we do here at No Persinium is we try and dig up stuff that um, is off the beaten path, that uh, doesn't have the the PR backing, marketing dollars. You know, stuff that's being made by by people experimenting, doing really interesting work in strange places, but who just don't have the means to get the word out and get the audience that they deserve. So we rely on you guys, our audience, to be our eyes and ears out in the world. You know, 365 days a year, you you can take February 29th off next year, don't worry, Uh, you're absolved. Um, But we rely on you to help us find uh, the fun stuff. So um, if you know of some interesting haunts out there, I encourage you, uh, particularly for New York City, because um, I've heard more than one person say this year that they they can't find what's going on in New York. Um, email us, no underscore proscenium at outlook.com, uh, or hit us up on Twitter at no proscenium, or reach us through Facebook. I mean, we are not hard to find these days if you know the name of the beast. Uh, I mean, not that way. Anyway, um, let's see. What else is there? Uh, I want to thank all the, the Patreon backers. I do this every time, but I really do want to thank you guys. Um... This show uh, isn't, you know, it isn't free to produce. Um, It's not super expensive, but it gets better because you guys make it possible. So thank you oh so much. Um, We've got a lot of fun stuff coming up in the next few months in terms of shows. uh, We've got some interesting stuff on the back burner. Uh, I will not say more than that, but I need to take a week to catch up. So next week is going to be a bye week. Uh, we're going to take a little hiatus. Uh, we'll be back the week afterwards, uh, one way or another. Uh, we will find a way uh, with a real episode, I promise you. Um, on that note, let's get over to Zay. Hello, this is Zay Amsbury with the New York No Proscenium. And I am here in, where are we, Midtown? Is this Uptown? Midtown West. I always get confused. Like when I get the middle of Manhattan, I never know quite exactly what to call it. <laughs> Um, but I am here with yeah. bar- with Gabriel Rhodes of Barbecue Films, and we are going to talk through a little bit about what they do and what they have coming up. So how did uh, Barbecue Films get started? You know, it's a it's very grassroots type of story, actually. My, um, uh, my wife and I moved from a tiny little space in Williamsburg up to uh, Spanish Harlem, actually. I had this huge patio out back. Fit 30 people, barbecue. Um, we bought a projector, and uh, we just invited a couple of friends over. And so it was get started with just nice summer evening, barbecue, burger, beer, Blues Brothers. That's it, right? Summer screening. And 
what's really wonderful about New York and the, the sort of creative group of folks that are here is folks um, just started coming and and uh, and pretty soon it got so big that it didn't fit on the roof anymore. And so we started taking it around to different creative spaces, magic space and with food. I'm sorry. Film, at, that, at that point, was it at that point? Was it basically more like word of mouth and friends of friends and just Absolutely. sort of happening? Yeah. Absolutely. Just a. Just a bunch of friends. I mean, it's it just it grew with um, you know somebody would bring somebody else, and all of a sudden you find out you have a chef in attendance, and so then they make a rack of lamb, or like somebody actually just finished a movie, so they bring their independent film up, or like a, a professor from Columbia will, who's a friend of a friend, will come over and do a talk for you know for an F for fake or exit to the gift shop. Really, um, sort of interesting, just organic programming, and then it just got too big. Quite frankly. Mm -hmm. And so we had to take it off the roof. And as it grew, the whole dedication was just anchored in what is the best way to watch a movie? What what makes the movie just come alive in such a way? And like watching a movie on a rooftop underneath a summer uh, sky in New York, it's a fantastic place to watch a movie. Well, we started just pushing the boundaries of that. And so the creative folks that, that came into that group um, uh, just uh, helped us push the boundaries of it, quite frankly. And, uh, and so we found ourselves in, you know, mezzanine levels above bars doing, you know, crazy, you know, performances. And, and as we, as we grew, we started, you know, uh, doing different shows. Now we've done a total of 18 shows, uh, uh, themed against different movies. Uh, and, uh, that original group that came to the patio has now actually grown. And one of the wonderful things about, about barbecue and the creative community that is barbecue films is, uh, you know, we have a, a set of uh, producers that work for barbecue films, but then we have this group that we call the film crew hmm. that really is the evolution of that group that was coming to the rooftop back in 2007. And they come and we give them a case of wine and some pizza, and we just come up with the best way to watch the movie that we've picked. Give them a set of resources and we just, we, we go uh, go crazy. Most open format brainstorming. In fact, I'll invite you to one of them down the road. Oh, that would be fantastic. Absolutely. Now, I, so... So I'm curious about how the transition occurred because there, there's definitely a uh, a difference of um, maybe not quantity but certainly quality between watching a movie with a beer and a rack of lamb and having characters from the movie around you or actually being in the environment from the movie. Mm -hmm. How did that initial idea, that transition start? It's sort of like the experiential singularity, right? It's like, it's like, I, I actually don't know. I don't know if I could put my finger on... Actually, okay, I'll tell you a story. I've told, I've told this story before, but I'll okay. tell you a story because it's the moment that I get shivers about when I talk about the history of barbecue films. So actually, mm -hmm. the first event. Uh, so we have an independent filmmaker. Uh, he's created a movie about subway musicians. It's called Below New York. Oh, yeah. So we created this event called Below New York, Above New York. Okay. Um, and uh, we decided we put it in a, this... It's the mezzanine level above a bar that I just mentioned, right? And so we, we invited the um, the musicians from the movie to come and just be part of the audience. We didn't tell anybody about that. Uh, we invited a, um, a brewer to brew up a beer that was reminiscent of the movie to him. We served a few snacks and, you know, created this environment that we felt would be a good good place to watch a movie. So it's not full-on experiential film watching. Mm -hmm. right? It's just a neat place. And at the end of that movie, um, there's a final scene. They're just singing. Uh, and uh, the musicians got up uh, from their from their seats and they harmonized with themselves on screen. And then as they as the song finished, they sang themselves off the screen and did this performance. So so quite literally, wow. the people on the screen walked off the screen into that environment. And uh, and the thing that gives me shit, I just got him again. Uh, the, the, somebody came up to me afterwards and they said, "I think I fell in love with New York again." Too. Wow. And I, 
that it's like, man. That's it, because New York can the, break your heart. New York can break your heart, right? <laughs> I mean, there's plenty of songs about that, right? And it's like, the, the, there was just this beautiful moment where it was like, oh, you know, people people love seeing these stories and they love participating in these stories and they love them coming alive and they love to be part of it themselves, right? And so that interaction just made that movie better than than it would have been otherwise. And actually, to, to this day, that filmmaker says that's his favorite screening of the of the film. Wow. And so we sort of, we took that and kept on, you know, pushing the boundaries of punk rock movie night with a punk band in the basement where, you know, Patti Smith used to do her, you know, beat poetry and we show Sid and Nancy, you know, it's, I mean, those type of like fun little events ended up uh, creating our, um, uh, you know, creating the kind of bread and butter of what we do. Uh, and now of course we're, you know, you know, looking at the biggest event that we've done to date at, uh, at Terminal 5 or recreating uh, the huge vampire uh, uh, event from the movie Blade. So this is before we talk about that. I want to I want to take a little maybe look a little bit more about your process. So mm-hmm. how do you Absolutely. how do you choose a film? Because it seems like you, or at least at least the ones that I've seen on your on your website, it seems like they're from like sort of a certain era. Like they have sort yeah. of a nostalgic feel for people who are like our age-ish. Right. Um, but I wonder how... I'm you... wondering what our age is. <laughs> I've got more I know, maybe, than maybe, maybe I, 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 I look younger <laughs> than I am. Um, and uh, maybe, I hope. <laughs> I look much younger than I am, podcast people. Yes. Believe it. This is radio. <laughs> yes, right. Shouldn't give... Noah cut that out. Um, um, so how do you pick the movie? I mean, do you look at... I mean, do you have... A friend of mine just got read or is trying to figure out what to do with his VHS collection. Mm. And he showed this huge box. And looking at it was like looking at my childhood. It was like looking at all the It's like an archaeological that, layer. That, right? Yeah, right, like sedimentary rock, yeah, right? right? And and I, I could remember moments where me and this friend of mine, Josh Costello, um, who's a director, theater director in San Francisco, I remember moments where he and I watched that film. Right. Like that moment at 3 a.m. when we were in high school right. where we threw on that film. And I wonder, how do you approach choosing these films? So you have in your brain a set of those films that you remember that, that are that are these anchor points for your experience, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's this really amazing quote. I don't know. I forget who to attribute it to. But that uh, Reeves Scorsese side-by-side documentary that mm-hmm. they did uh, a little while back about um, – about film, there's this really interesting interview with a cinematographer where he actually describes cinema is the church of our generation, right? Mm-hmm. Where you go to learn how to treat a woman, you go to learn how to be a hero, you go to learn how to treat a man, you go to learn how to be a villain, you know? It's, it's, you see these stories play out and they become these education, this education for you, you know? Um, I mean, regardless of your spiritual affiliation, they are this sort of spiritual thing, right? You sure, remember sure. these stories, you know, like the mystery you know Han Solo is good, yeah. right? You know, you know, you know, you know, Darth Vader is bad, right? You know, it's, it's, you, you become this, um, you, you, we, the most human thing is storytelling, right? You know, and so it's one of the interesting things about this type of theater. It's like, you know, what's better than getting together with a group of other humans and sharing stories over food and drink? I mean, that's, that's what we do. And so that box, that sedimentary layer that you're talking about, right, that's a set of your history, your stories, the things that make you who you are, right? And so if we can find the ones that a lot of people have actually had that relationship with, 
and there's some ones that you said are like, of course, right? Mm -hmm. um, uh, I mean, so I've just mentioned Star Wars, but of course, Back to the Future, right? And so uh, Empire Records was a huge one. Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, people grew up with that film. And, um, you know, one of the interesting stories that we found out from Empire Records uh, is sort of a, uh, a, a retrospective uh, uh, proof of our selection, right? Is that... Um, that movie was killed on in, in the in the theaters, right? It was yeah. released in like six theaters, and so it, it found its story on those VHS cassettes that your friend has, you know, uh, in that box, right? Mm -hmm. And so the the passing it to another friend at three a.m. or sitting down with your with your first girlfriend, watching it and showing it to her for the first time, people remember that moment. And so when we did that event, and it, the word got out there, it just, I, I mean, like tickets just evaporated for it because mm. people just wanted to be part of that thing that was such a, a crucial part of their of their upbringing right and so i think so you, you'll see a lot of um a lot of events uh around movies from 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 a similar era mm -hmm. just because our population that the, the, the population of folks that are coming to our, our films uh our events right now are from that certain generation yeah, right yeah but that's not to say that, that 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 doesn't get wider, right? You know, my I mean, my father sat me down and made sure that I watched The Guns of Navarone when I was a kid. You know, I mean, it's a really important thing for him to sit down and mm -hmm. have me watch that, right? And so there's a there's a I mean, if I if I um uh you know I always often ask my father, I said, well, you know, what do you what do you think we should do next? And he keeps on pitching Ocean's Eleven, not the new one, the the original one. He keeps on. And, and it's it's really interesting that just like that moment that he remembers from watching that movie for the first time is so important. And so a heist experience could be really awesome. Yeah, I guess it could be really off, awesome. Pulling off a heist is something that we all just <laughs> love to think about and dream about. But anyway, so so I think it's I think the answer to it is is it is tied to um, it is tied to shared experience, mm -hmm. and that's what we're trying to create with these events is this mm -hmm. this huge shared experience around a story. Now I I. Did, Clearly, I don't want you to talk talk about this in terms of, of Blade Ray, but I don't want you to sort of give up um, any secrets as how that's going to work. But I am curious um, when you, because you, you talk about finding the perfect environment to see a film. Right. And I wonder how you work, and if you want to talk about this at all, how you work the transitions between people coming into the space, people, say if it's the Enchantment Under the Sea event, dancing and all of these sort of interactive environmental elements and then switching into the movie watching experience then maybe going back into more interactive elements right like how is it um maybe pick one event and talk about how that was structured in terms of guiding people through those different types of experience absolutely i mean i think uh you know what would we, we could just pick the last event that we did each event has to be designed um a, a slightly a slightly different way um uh and you know we we like you know it's it's very important for us to show the film because that's the thing that that that, that um that's the story that everybody remembers and so our job is to bookend that experience in the best possible way right and so it's it's to bring you up to the uh to the moment that you're watching that film and then take you away from the moment that you're watching that film hmm. that, that that fits that film in a new in a new space for you an experiential space Forget it. I'm not going to talk about Empire Records, although that was great because Guar was able to reprise their scene from the movie and pull Ethan Embry out of that actual costume that they used for the uh, for the. For the I film. was so sad in my heart to have missed <laughs> that when I read about it. My goodness. Uh, Ethan Embry, yeah, uh, when he when he jumped out of there, he yelled, "I've been stuck in that fucking thing for twenty fucking years." <laughs> 
and it was it was just the look on his the look on his face. Wow. And we gave him an experience. Yeah. Actually, reuniting him with the folks from Guar um, uh, was just was it was a. Uh, I mean, he just gave me this huge hug at the end of the night because it was reliving an experience for him. For, but anyway, I digress. Uh, weekend at Bernie Juniors. Okay. Okay. So, so this is I, I haven't I haven't ever tried to explain this on tape before. So okay. Let, let me let me take a shot at it. So, it's twenty five years after Weekend at Bernie's. Okay. Nice guy. You know, nobody even knows how he died. Nobody, in fact, as far as anybody in that movie is concerned, he's still alive, except for the folks that knew that he died, right? That were carrying him around the entire movie, right? So, so the question we asked ourselves is, you know, if he just disappeared one day, is it possible that he had a son that you didn't know about, right? Bernie Jr., right? And so what would Bernie Jr. be like? Bernie, Bernie Lomax Jr., B.J. Lomax. He'd probably be just like his dad, right? He'd be a, a huckster internet millionaire, right? Uh, and so we decided that instead of going to a party at Bernie's house, you're going to go to a party at Bernie Jr.'s house. And so we created actually a, um, a startup event where we had Bernie, Bernie, jo Bernie Jr., BJ Lomax, present his idea for a startup, which was a cryptocurrency for bars, burn bucks, right? <laughs> and so in all seriousness, and we actually stacked the rest of the panel with real companies, right? And we invited a bunch of press and we invited a bunch of people to come and experience like basically a startup pitch fest at the end of which... Um, burn bucks, which incidentally was in uh, minimum viable product, right? So you actually had to have the physical bill and take a picture of it to be able to use it, right? So it's useless. I mean, it's a useless company, right? And so, and so, and the launch party was going to be a weekend at Bernie Jr.'s where the cool people hang out in the Rockaways instead of out in the Hamptons now, right? And so when you go to our event, you're taking the ferry down, just like you know, just like um, uh, just like they did in the movie. You're gonna you're gonna go. You're staying just just for a Friday night, right? You're not gonna actually stay the entire weekend because they didn't do that in the movie. And you're gonna go to this this event that's um, that's a weekend at Bernie Juniors. It's not a weekend at Bernie's. And when when Terry Kaiser shows up and we have to work him into the storyline, he's the actor from the documentary of the original Bernie's life, right? And so like you you have the, these all these wonderful ways that you can kind of twist and turn around the truth in the movie mm -hmm. to make it real, to make it relevant today. Mm -hmm. And so when people watch that movie, they see it again for the first time, but it's still the movie that they know and love. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. So that's how we do it. That is really, really fantastic. Um, I am curious. Well, let's, well, talk to me um, as much as you want to mm. um, about Blade Raid. This is the next one you have coming up. It's at Terminal Five. Absolutely. Um, what What can people expect from that? God, so I, you know, when most people walk into Terminal Five, they're going to you know, see a large concert. And we walked into Terminal Five uh, to do it to do a tour of the space, and the thing we were struck by. What, what we often do to answer one of your questions about how we choose these, mm -hmm. we usually, um, since we're trying to match space so critically. With the with the stories that we're trying to tell, mm -hmm. we basically just walk around with a set of these movies in our heads that we've brainstormed that we really want to do, and are looking for the optimal space. And when that union of space and event and sometimes time, you know, Rex Manning Day for Empire Records, what you know, what have you, when that comes together, you just know it. It's 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 that it's that producer, uh, it's that spark that you get. I walked into Terminal Five like this. It looks like. The vampire rave from Blade, and you know we we've we have deep respect for the movie Blade. Actually, I mean it was 
you know, Marvel Studios' first film, um, uh, a film that was made possible actually by, you know, having a black male lead in the movie Spawn just before, mm. um, a fantastic uh, part of Wesley Snipes' career, and just a, it's a really neat, raw, scary movie that's still a little bit tongue-in-cheek, you know, and it just has this, it has this neat moment, and it has, if you ask almost anyone our age, if they remember that opening scene, they absolutely do, right? They abs- I mean, they, it's, 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 it's emblazoned, it's in that box of VHS cassettes, it's emblazoned in your mind, right? In fact, it came out just around the time that DVDs were getting popular, and so, like, people just watch that scene on repeat in their DVD players, right? So, so the idea is to bring people into that, right? But also to bring people into the movie Blade itself, right? So um, uh, one of the ways that we did that is our musical guests, of course, is the Crystal Method. They're on the, they're on the soundtrack to the second movie. They're, they're you know, on soundtracks to uh, a whole host of um, uh, uh, games, TV shows, and movies that are very much in this space, right? And they, they're... they're they're the DJs that you imagine to be on stage at the bloodbath, right? And so, and so, being able to match that music, that feel that you get from music, to the actual space is is, is critical as well. And then, uh, you know, there's there's a whole set of things that you, people just have come to expect from a barbecue experience, which is interactions with with actors, interactions with uh, set builds that we do around and are themed uh, from the movie, uh, and also some things that are going to be you know pretty tongue in cheek, you know. Fangs out, step and repeat uh, for uh, for the vampire party is definitely, especially since uh, we expect to have uh, at least a, a group of people coming over from Comic Con because it's uh, it's uh, it's actually we're hosting it on the same weekend as well. And so over the next couple of weeks, we're going to start leaking out some more some more information about the individual activations and things that we're doing in our in our on our various uh, our various partners that are bringing in you know everything from from acting to uh, talent to martial arts. Fantastic. Yeah. Now, I imagine for anyone who's listening who is thinking of going or is going to go, one burning question on their mind is this. Should I avoid bringing clothes <laughs> right. that I want to keep? Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, you know, here's, here's a, here's an interesting thing. We're, um, I'm not at liberty to say who they are, but we're working with experts in the field mm-hmm. of drenching people in color. <laughs> and uh we're we're um it's it's actually a pretty alarming uh thing to actually see on you um because the the blood that, that we've that we've developed is actually quite realistic oh um it is however absolutely safe non-staining non-toxic won't burn your eyes it is it's it's safe um and uh uh, it's been it's been developed by folks that are smarter than us over a long period of time, and and now we're we're able to to, to use it for this application. Um, the short answer to your question is not the entire. The, Terminal Five is a big venue. Yes, there will be a splatter zone. There will be a non-splatter zone, and so you know I, th- I think we also have a lot of respect for the for the folks that are coming from Comic Con that are, mm-hmm. have taken so much care with their costumes. You know, yeah. and while. Well, all of us sort of want to see, you know, a, um, you know, a dancing Pikachu in a blood rain. You know, the person who made the Pikachu costume wants to be wants that costume to be safe. But it does; it washes out. Um, it's uh, it's water soluble and non-staining, so it's uh, it's uh, it's exciting to be able to do this. But 
you can you can stay on the sidelines or you can be in the middle. It's up to you. Oh, I will be in the splash zone. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's great. Can you tell me uh, if you uh, are there? Is there anything else on the horizon, or is everything just the horizon right now is Blade Rave for you? I imagine. Well, yeah. I mean, it, when you get this close to one, yeah, to a major event, the, the uh, yeah, there's uh, the, the the horizon is <laughs> large, um, and there's some interesting projects that we're looking at beyond that, and so there's a. Uh, uh, you know, we were always cooking on a whole set of things. I mm-hmm. can't tell you about any of the projects yet because we don't have them pinned down enough to announce them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and one of the interesting things that we're finding um, about this, uh, about how sticky this idea is, is we actually announced Blade Rave back in June, mm-hmm. um, uh, just, you know, at the beginning of some of the Comic-Con announcements. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we have found that there are now Blade Raves in Amsterdam and London in October 2015 that have been announced since our party. And wow. so it's it's really it's quite remarkable actually, um, and uh, and you know we're kind of thrilled about how I mean you're you're in this you're in this um, uh, zone of immersive cinema and just sort of seeing this art form expand is something that's really uh, I don't know it's, it's producers just wonderful you know it's 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 really neat to kind of see that actually catch on so yeah. but we'll uh, we'll wait to announce our. Uh, our upcoming events a little bit later. Excellent. Well, Gabriel, if you and Barbecue Films do not at some point do Ghostbusters, ah, I'll be fantastic. deeply disappointed in that's all fantastic. of That's fantastic. <laughs> that's fantastic. We can walk by the uh, Midtown Library on the way back. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. You can happen in different venues. You can travel through the whole movie. Um, well, that's great. It's been really great talking to you. Um, and I look forward to writing about Blade Rave. And uh, thank you so much. It was really fantastic. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. All right. All right. Thanks again to Zay for hosting this week and to Gabriel Rhodes of Barbecue Films for being our guest. Uh, that was a lot of fun for me to listen to. Hope it was a lot of fun for you guys to listen to as well. Uh, again, um, hey, uh, patreon.com slash no proscenium if you want to help make the show even better. Help us cover those costs and uh, you know get Zay some real equipment at, at a later date. Um, no underscore proscenium at outlook.com if you get a show. Uh, I know I have a very different sounding voice this time. It's because uh, it's early enough that I don't want to you know overly disturb my housemate. So, um, but if you like this version of the show, the kind of quiet, intimate, I'm in your ear kind of version, um, we can talk about that. It's gonna cost you. All right, until next time, I'll tell you what I find. Uh, Twitter, it's at no proscenium. I'm at Noah J. Nelson. Uh, come say hi. Uh, and uh, oh yeah, uh, no, we'll have it. We'll have an episode before the Wow. We'll have. We'll definitely have an episode before the Without Walls Fest. So uh, I won't. I won't tell you to see me there, but I will tell you that until next time, I'll see you at the show. <laughs>